Many times in Scripture there are places where God would like to reveal. We read things like the statement made, uh, how many of you having children? And they would ask of you bread, would give them a rock. Well, the obvious answer would be, well, my goodness, none of us would do that. And he goes on to uh, dialogue with us in the effort to reveal himself. In other words, you understand those feelings. You understand that thought process that, you know, of course, it's my child. I would want to give to them something good and not something evil or distasteful or rotten because I love my children. And so he, he incites us when he asks the question with the motive that let me tell you something about me because the follow-up is how much more? He said, if you feel this way, being evil, in other words, less than in the state that you are in your, in your humanity, if you feel this way, how much more your heavenly father? And so we, we read through the scripture, time after time, God's intent, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is called the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word revelation comes from reveal. He wants to reveal himself to us. There's a portion of scripture in Malachi. Uh, let me re just read a portion of it to you. In Malachi chapter 3 at verse uh, 7. Now, in the Old Testament, God speaking through the prophets. By the inspiration of God's Spirit, you may read it this way. And the word of the Lord came to the prophet Malachi, saying. In other words, these aren't Malachi's words. This, this isn't a smart individual, you know, giving to us great nuggets of wisdom that he learned at Bible college. But this is the inspiration of God coming to a man who was a prophet, who would avail himself and speak out. So therefore, the words that we would be hearing would be in first person from God. Not second, not third, not let me tell you what God told me. And so... In the book of Malachi, we're reading at 3 and verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Now, this is a place in time that we're reading through the periods of the prophets just before entering what's what we call the 400 years of silence. What followed that was a baby born. In Nazareth. Okay. To wit that God was in 
Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Again, revealing, showing mankind, I want you to know me. I want to know you. When we use the word God in the positive sense, you hear it a lot in the negative sense. When people get upset over the wrench hitting their knuckle. But in the positive sense, oftentimes a reference from humanity to God. It's this abstract, far away, I don't know quite how to understand it all type of perception and perspective. So when, when the Spirit of God stepped down off of the mercy seat, wrapped himself in the veil of what the Bible says, human flesh. He came to reveal himself to mankind that we might know him, not necessarily that we would altogether understand him, but he's revealing something about himself when we understand he wants us to know him. What is man? That God would be mindful of us. This is how much he cares and loves mankind, humanity. Now, let me get back to here. So we're reading at a time when the word of God through the prophet Malachi is saying, y'all have turned and gone another way. You're not seeking God. You're running away from God. You're going your own way. And so there's a lot of consequences operating in your life, and you don't know why. I'm about to tell you. I'm about to give you the secret, the clue. So even from the days of your fathers, this is two generations apart, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? That's like saying, what are you talking about? Huh? Will a, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, wherein we, have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Now, what I'm about to share with you, I'm not, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not pointing to the issue at hand here about the fact that he's talking to him about tithes and offerings. I want you to see an element in God that he is about to reveal here. He's about to show you something about himself that's very important. You are cursed with a curse. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me. What? Prove me. Now, herewith, and here's his promise, that I will not open the windows of heaven to you and pour you out a blessing that no room could contain it. He's saying, I want to be proven. I want to do this for you. But there's got to be some cooperation on your part. Now, now, again, 
Not the issue at hand here. But the fact is that God is wanting to show me he likes to be He shows his, he declares his ways unto us. He, he, he leads us, he teaches us, he tries to bring understanding, you know, such is the kingdom of God. And he gives us a little humanity parable. Starts telling us about a story that lost, you know, a lady lost some coins and, you know, and then there was uh, two brothers and one, you know, ran away. And so he, he goes through these lists of parables, we call them. But they're stories, human interest stories, so that we, from our human concept, can have an understanding of him. He wants us to know him. And one of the things that he wants us to know him is he likes to be proven. He's looking for the chance. I got stuff stored. If you'll just function in this particular way, it's up here. I've got it held in reserve, and I'm wanting to prove you. Sometimes we've got them too far off in the distance, too removed, too remote. You know, he does his thing. We go on and do our thing, and. He does, he, he, bees, he bees God, and uh, we be us, and we live our lives. When it's his desire that together we talk about our day, we talk about our lives, we commune with him, we'd receive of him. And in the process, there's something that God gains in the relationship with us. In our minds, we are intellectual. We read, we study, we research, we gain knowledge. And in some instances, we gain understanding. Now, hopefully in it all, we gain some wisdom. But at the same token, the scripture is addressed at times to such things as too much learning. Ever, matter of fact, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, that's somebody filling their mind, filling their mind, filling their mind. Give me more, give me more, give me more. But never coming to the knowledge of truth. Lots of knowledge. Back to this thing about knowing the Lord and the principles that he that are bore out in his word. One of the one of the strongest principles that affect our lives in the kingdom of God is this principle that which is born or has its origin in the flesh is spirit. Oh mistake sorry flesh that which is born of the 
or has its origin in the spirit, is spirit. Let me take it a little further. That which is of the flesh is temporal. It's going to end. It has a short shelf life. That which is spirit is what? Eternal or everlasting. I never forgot one time I was sitting in a session with Bishop Wright back east, and he was talking about spiritual utterance and spoken words, and he began to share about the idea that when you have, when it has been let out or spoken, spiritual utterance has been released, it just continues and continues and continues until if the word of God will prosper whereunto he has sent it. As he, he said it will not fail, but it will prosper whereunto I have sent it. Then when it is released, the power of that spoken word. I'm not just talking about making up words to say. I'm talking about spiritual inspiration. It comes from a communion life in relationship that we have with him. Those words. You know what? A couple of us were praying for a young man on Wednesday night right here. And as we began to pray, there was a spiritual utterance that came that I knew this word is eternal. This inspiration is effectual. It's eternal. And it's going to affect this man's life. Only because I've experienced it at other times was it so familiar that I knew that's exactly what's happening right here. I have, I have a confidence in that. I have a hope in that. Now. We're faced with lots of decisions and choices, directions in our everyday life, in our extended life, month by month, year by year, things that will affect generations. And in that process, there are times when God would like They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, that sounds like strength. That sounds like positive direction. But the direction isn't something I've reasoned out. But it truly comes from direction from God. Because I have Waited. Oh, we hate to wait. Oh, we hate to wait. You know, it used to be generations ago that wisdom was save your money and then purchase. Well, that's gone out the door a long time ago. Because we don't like waiting. You know, now the signage. Don't wait. I never forget walking into Sears and Roebuck. We wanted to buy a little... Camera, first thing that we would purchase as a married couple, it was $110.
I didn't remember the name of the thing. And there was a sign up above it. Big red letters. It said $13. I said, this is a $13 camera? Oh, no, 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 honey, read the print. $13 per month on the easy payment program. what you don't realize is now your $110 camera, because of the interest stacked on top, is closer to a $175, $195 camera. But you don't get any additional parts with it. It's the interest that you surrender up. But, oh, my goodness, they had caught on to that, and there were signs literally all over the store, just big red numbers, $5 a month, $8 a month. You ever heard of such a thing? $17 a month. You know, get a Culligan water softener. $17 a month for 10 years. It quit working at five years. And so this has affected our thought processes and has pushed us to some degree in a lot of areas of life of Rationalizing, reasoning, according to the information that we have, rather than a life of seeking the Lord and waiting on His Direction. Now, we use a lot of different buzzwords today. You know, I got to get a release. That's a good one. I need a confirmation from God. You know, so what's that look like? Personally, I like the supernatural. I like things to happen in a way that I knew there was either supernatural inspiration in God He helped me to know this before it ever presented itself, that it was going to present itself. Matter, here's another one. I like to have some witness. You know, talking to others in the body of Christ, and as we were talking about it, there was a spirit of witness that just came into the room. And we were uh, assured this something this, this way was going to play out. That's not X-Man, Superman, Batman. I'm talking about the manifestation of the presence and power of God in such ways that you know, okay, number one, we didn't bring this about by our own power, but we insisted to wait and, and to let the Lord show us. And with married couples... There ought to be agreement. Amen. God likes to be proven. That's something about his nature. And he will allow circumstances. You know, he'll do things like tell people, look, I'm going to make you a great nation. You can have What do you mean your wife can't have children? What? He knew that when he said it. 
and he likes to present us, you know, sometimes we think, wait, wait, wait. But God doesn't understand. He didn't realize. Somebody should have told God. Because in the natural, you know, that's not possible. But you don't think he initiated that whole thing from the very beginning just so he could prove himself to you? cannot reason our way through this situation. We've got to wait to see the manifestation or the manifested hand of God. Because it changes who we are. It will give us enough evidence in our life that we can truly call ourselves apostolic. Book of Proverbs, chapter 3. As I was reading this, uh, the term came to me, cause and effect. I wasn't sure altogether what that meant until I went and did a little look. But cause and effect is a principle. Cause is the applied principle. And then the results declared or the promise foretold, okay? Cause and effect. Listen to this word right here. Causality. Causality is the natural agency or efficacy that connects one process with another process. Where the first is partly responsible for the second, and the second is partly dependent on the first. Now, watch this. Proverbs chapter 3 at verse 1, cause and effect. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Cause. Effect. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Verse 3. Cause. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Effect. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Verse 5. Cause. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Effect. And he will direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Effect. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. God likes to be proven. Verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance 
and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Cause, effect, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So why wouldn't he allow a situation to present itself that you seem to be so completely out of control with so that he can prove himself to you that in the turn it would be so evident you'll know what is going on and not the effects of men. This isn't, didn't come through reasoning. This didn't even come through understanding or wisdom. It was the supernatural intervention. God saying, let me prove myself. Pray with me. In the name of Jesus, we wait upon you, Father. We trust in you. We wait upon your blessing. We wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 With God, all things are possible to them that believe. With God, nothing is impossible. Verse 11. Cause. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction. That's a hard one to swallow right there. <laughs> you mean I'm not supposed to get tired of all of this God needing to correct my situation? That's what it says. Verse 12, in fact, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Verse 13, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof of fine gold. We call it a walk of faith. Scripture says that faith is actually the substance. We see it as an abstract idea. It's something I believe in. Well, prove it. Well, I can't prove it, but I believe it. Faith, the Bible says, is the substance. That's where God dwells. That's what God stands on. That's what moves God. Faith. Faith. 
I believe the Lord wants me to wait. That is an expression of faith. If, by, if, the, if the scripture is true, faith cometh by hearing of the word of God, I believe the Lord has made me to know that I am to wait. Let's go to the flip side of that. I believe from God it's time now to go. It's time now to do. I have a re release from God to go and do. This is the actions of faith. There's no reasoning involved. Don't you hate it when your expression is followed up with a question like, yeah, but how, yeah, but how, and what about? I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know. But I've got peace. I've got peace with this direction in my relationship with God. Do you If my life is served dwelling in the area or the arena of reason, of knowledge, of understanding, then my life will be directed by me. But if my walk is a walk of faith. Now, let me let me let me help you. If the little red needle is moving down toward the E, reason says, pull over into the wolf den and fill up. There's places where this applies on our daily basis. Daily basis. Man, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving. I, it's, you know, 3 o'clock. I, I skip breakfast, I skip lunch, I should eat. No, just turn into Mickey D's, man, and get a burger. And, you know what I'm saying? There's reasoning that we engage in through the day, every day, but there's also areas in our lives that God would desire to prove himself to us in that our relationship and our walk with him is a walk of faith that there's, a, there's enough things happening on a consistent basis. Let me use this word again. That there is enough evidence to convict us of being apostolic. Spirit-filled believers that wait on the power of God operating in our lives. Let's stand. I don't have time to read Hebrews 11th, 11th chapter to you. By faith, this one. By faith, that one. By faith. All the things that we read about in Hebrews 11 were accomplished through faith. We call it the roll call of faith. We call them the heroes of faith. 
Yet we also look back to them like they're somewhere way far out. And it's almost like a storybook. And we think somehow in our present day technical new age world, we are different. And I would tell you that God who operated on their behalf is the same God today that wants to operate on our behalf and wants to be operative in our lives. Hear me when I tell you. He wants you to know this about him. He wants you to prove him. He wants you to prove him. Remember, why don't you come to the front? I don't know what situation you're facing. Or maybe it hasn't presented itself yet. But I think there's some situations here. And maybe you have found yourself caught in the cobweb up here of reason. And you listen to this one. You listen to that one. You go looking for advice. Wow, that was not good advice. You go talk to somebody else. And you go looking for another like you're going to get a different answer, hopefully. Is that really, is that advice? Is that wisdom? This is who we are. We're human. And we find ourselves in our humanity sometimes. we got to push back from that arena where everything's got to be preconceived or figured out. orders our steps and leads us. Let me tell you something. I received so much faith from what I heard the other night on Wednesday night when Elder Hart was talking about uh, Acts, I think it was the 8th chapter. When that eunuch, when you realize what the scripture reveals, that eunuch who was in the word, which speaks of his search, speaks of his hunger, between him and God, he was looking, he was seeking. Yet he had come from Jerusalem. 5,000 received the Holy Ghost. 3,000 received the Holy Ghost were baptized. 120, so 8,120 in Jerusalem are continuing in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. could, but he had a plan. You think he don't have a plan for you and your life and the people that you intersect with? He had prepared a deacon. Philip was an apostle. He was a deacon. And when the deacon went to God in prayer and said, Lord, lead my steps today. He said, okay, I will. I want you to get it from here. And I want you to go out into the desert. Why would I do that? What, what, what? That's reasoning. 
Philip had a walk of faith. And he intersected him with a eunuch out in the middle of a desert place who was in the word. That is so precious to me. You think God won't do the same with you? Or that he hadn't done it for you at some point? That chance encounter in the Safeway parking lot, somebody got out of your car and, oh, yeah, you were reminded. What about you going to the store? Honey, I got to go get some milk. Hey, we got milk. Well, we need more milk. I got to go to the store. And you get to the store and you open the door. Not that. Hey, how you been, man? Hadn't seen you in a long time. You think that chance encounter wasn't a way for God to put thoughts in that individual's mind? That they'd go back and remember that there was food on the This is our walk. This is who we are. This is who we are. You let him press you to a place where you will walk in faith and you will wait on him. Rather than living a religious life of reasoning things with the religious world. This is who we are. I'd like to open this altar. Is this what you want? Are you a part of the building that he has fitly framed together? Are you a part of the holy habitation that he intends to dwell? We've got it. And please, would you lead me, Father? Would you direct my life? Would you order my steps? Give me a sensitivity to you that I can be directed by your hand, Lord. Oh, it'll be painful at times. It'll be stressful at times. But that's when we push through the veil of the human flesh and live and dwell in a different arena.
want you to finish this sentence. You can do it out loud or in your spirit. I am expecting. I am expecting. Because that's where your faith is. That's where your faith is. I'm, Lord, tomorrow I'm expecting you to put a person in my path. I, I may have been praying for them and interceding for a week or a month, or I may not know them from Adam, but I'm expecting you to put them in my path. And I'm expecting when I see them, I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to know you've already been speaking to them. And I'm expecting to see you work. That's my faith. It works in every situation. What, what are you expecting? Jesus, we thank you for your presence that's here this day. Lord, we're thankful, God, for the mighty ways that you're working over these lives. Jesus, we're expecting great and mighty things from you. Jesus, our faith is in you alone. God, we know that you are in control and we know that you can do a work, God. Lord, we're expecting to see it. We're expecting to see it, God, this day, this week. In the name of Jesus, our faith rests in you, God. Our faith rests in you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we're expecting it, God. Amen. Amen. I encourage you not let not to let this level of faith leave you just because we dismiss. We're not here for a hype, a pep rally. No. We got to this point so we could go from this point forward and see what the Lord is gonna do. Amen.